Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All righty, guys. Without further ado, man, this is a special, special occasion because this is the first ever episode of the What's In Your Bag podcast with Andrew Robinson. You heard it here first, man. What's In Your Bag is the, the new name of, of this new show, man. So, you know, before we get into it, man, um, make sure you're liking this podcast, subscribing this, to this podcast. As we always say, just like, just like, like we did uh, on the auto bid, man, What's In Your Bag is going to be a dope concept, man. Just, just to give you guys a little bit of a backstory on the name. Uh, you know, obviously, as as hoopers, you know what I'm saying? You always ask folks what's in your bag, you know what I'm saying? As far as a, a skill perspective, you know what I'm saying? You got some pat, you got a little jumper, whatever it may be that, that, that you got in your bag, you know. But uh, also, what's in your bag is going to be kind of a way for me to kind of ask athletes, you know, what's what's in your bag outside of basketball? You know, um, what's in your arsenal, man? Do you, do you do anything outside of the court, whether it's, you know, fashion, media, investing, content creation, you know, whatever it may be, man. I think it's 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 uh, very important to me to kind of talk to athletes about that aspect of their lives. You know, obviously, as for me, um, I'm a basketball player, but I'm also a journalist. I'm also a content creator. I do a bunch of different things. Uh, so I think, you know, in today's age, seeing athletes wear different hats is huge, man. I've been recently watching YouTube, man. I'm seeing DeMar DeRozan got a Comp 10 series on Instagram. I mean, excuse me, on YouTube that I'm getting ready to tap into. Bones Highland got a This Could Be You series. Darius Garland has a YouTube channel. Uh, Jordan Clarkson is doing this series called The Manila Man. So um, I'm truly inspired, man. I think I, I've never been more inspired uh, to be an athlete in today's economy, man. And even just watching guys like Draymond Green and J.J. Reddick with The Old Man and The Three, uh, The Point Forward podcast with Evan Turner, Andre Iguodala. Like, I mean, I've never been more inspired to be an athlete uh, in, in this economy where you can – Literally be in the media space uh, and, and, and uh, you know, obviously an, an athlete as well, man. I think that this podcast is going to allow me to also kind of step into that space and, and grow my own platform. So that's kind of a backstory on the name, you know, what's in your bag. And uh, obviously, like I said, the name is obviously what's in your bag with Andrew Robinson. But my twin brother, Aaron Robinson, is back on this first inaugural episode of What's in Your Bag, man. We lied to you guys on the last episode. I told you guys that... uh. Your last episode was probably going to be the last time me and Ace were going to be on the podcast for a while, but, you know, we, we we couldn't stay apart for too long, and we're back at it for the first episode of this uh, podcast, and I wouldn't want to have it any other way, man. But you got to probably ask it, man, like, you know, what happened so quickly, man? Ace is back on the podcast, and I must say, guys, this literally this literally why Ace on the podcast. Before we introduce a special guest, you know, because this, this is a big-time guest, this is no cap. I'm not even exaggerating and gassing up. The guest that we had on the podcast literally – requested that ace be on the show you know what i'm saying originally it was going to be just me and him on, on the podcast and he said yo man where your brother at i said i don't know man he, he you know he big time he working for the clippers now you know what i'm saying he, he forgot about me he said man call him right now and get him on the pod man and lo and behold man ace ace made it work you know what i'm saying he couldn't he couldn't turn it down man so uh ace man welcome welcome on the what's in your bag podcast man we're glad to have you on Hey man, listen. When when, when an NBA champ personally requests your presence, man, you got to make sure you oblige. You know what I'm saying? So I, I wasn't going to turn down an NBA champion, um, you know, requesting me to be on. Man, obviously, um, it, it's an honor to be on. You know, with you one last time, if it is one last time. But you know, obviously, I'm excited to be here, baby. Um, what's in your bag is going to be a great endeavor, and uh, I'm, I'm excited as we as we step into this this new season of 
of All Facts Media, man. And we got a great episode for you guys, man. I can't wait for you guys to find out who the guest is and to get this interview, man, because this truly was a special, special interview, man, for sure. For sure, for sure. So, hey, man, but, you know, but before we get into the guest and obviously, you know, bring him on, man, tell us about, about Vegas, man. Tell us about the Clippers. Tell us about what the first couple days slash weeks have been like on the job, man. Uh, I know the folks are dying to know. It's been it's been a dream, man. I mean, this whole experience, man, it's just been wild. Just like obviously as as basketball players, as as sports fans, you grow up and your dream is to is to, you know, make it to the NBA as a player. That was always my dream, just to make it to the league. And um, you know, obviously I think we all wanted to look a certain way. Um, but but God had other plans for me, man, and he he really I feel like he strategically placed me here um in this role with the Clippers, man. And uh, it's it's been a dream, man. Just Everybody in the organization, man, is, is amazing, man. It's, this is truly like you hear people say all the time. Um, it's about the people, but I've I've spoken to people in the organization that have worked for other teams, man. We truly have some of the best people in in the National Basketball Association here in LA working for the Clippers, man. From from the players to the front office people to the our head coach Ty Lu, um, to our chefs that we that work in the kitchen, to our performance staff, to trainers, to the analytics team. I mean, everybody here is just Welcome me with open arms, man. They've, they've always been um, checking on me, making sure that I'm okay, making sure that I'm taken care of. Um, and I've truly been been blessed to, to be here, man. So um, it's going to be a good year, man. We, we, we got a great team, obviously, um, starting training camp out here in Vegas, man. So excited to see, um, you know, what the guys look like and just experience it all, to take, take it all in, man. But it's, it's truly been a dream come true, man. I really can't even put it into words, um, you know, what, what, is, what it's been like just being here, living in L.A., um and, and being around all the guys, man, it's been it's been an amazing experience. Yeah, man. Ace Ace then got booze on us, man. He's literally eating dinner at Catch Catch Vegas. About <laughs> to go to another steakhouse tonight, staying at the Aria top floor, talking <laughs> about the team chefs. I mean, dang, you know what I'm saying? Can I can I get like you, man? Must be nice. Sheesh, my man top floor with it. Coming from the dude living in Japan right now, man. You you out here traveling the world. I'm trying to get like you, man. My my, my man been in like four continents in the, in the last like year, man. North America, Central America, Europe, and Asia, man. I'm, I'm trying to get like Drew Fly, man. Real rap. Hey, listen, man. Listen, man. Life life is good, man. For the Robinson twins, man. Life life definitely is good right now, man. But uh, enough about us, man. Like I said, we have a special special guest, man. I've been. Holding out on the name because I think that this is an episode that honestly uh I've been super excited about, uh super excited to announce. So without further ado, man, I'm happy to announce to you guys, man. We have a wonderful interview coming up for you guys with two-time NBA champion, NCAA champion, McDonald's All-American, two-time D-League All-Star, two-time first team all NBA G League, 5490 Club in the G League, NBA. D-League All-Star Game MVP, DMV's finest, author, author as well. We'll get into that on the podcast, but uh, he's also an author, man. That's none other than Quinn Cook, man. Um, definitely excited to have you guys. Um, definitely excited to get you guys this interview, man. Quinn was absolutely amazing. Uh, he told some great stories, man. We're absolutely honored uh, to get you guys this interview, man. So without further ado, man, we're going to get you guys over to Quinn, and uh, we'll see you guys on the back end. Without further ado, man, we got a special guest today, man. We got one of the, the best to ever come out the DMV, man. Two-time NBA champ, college national champion, McDonald's All-American. You know what I'm saying? The resume is, 
it's very hectic, man. We're gonna we're gonna be here for days if I tried to read it all, man. But no other than Quinn Cook, man. So Quinn, man, thank you for hopping on with us. No, I appreciate y'all having me. I know we've been trying to get it done for a while, man. I appreciate y'all, you know, um, having this platform. No, nah, no doubt, man. Definitely been uh shoot, man. This, this time change is crazy, man. Trying to get it done from Japan, man. So definitely shout out to you, man, for hopping on, man. I know you 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 definitely you didn't have to do it, man. So taking the time out, we definitely appreciate you, man. But um, definitely gonna get right into. Man, first and foremost, obviously, man, congrats on, on the new deal. I mean, you just signed a one-year deal uh, with the Sacramento Kings, man. And, you know, for you, this is going to be kind of your return to the league. You know, after kind of taking a, a trip over to Russia last year and trip to the G League, man, um, what are you looking forward to bringing to the Kings to this year and just uh, what are you looking forward to about this opportunity? Yeah, my best part, um, the best part I'm looking forward to is just, you know, my leadership going into year eight. is just like, you know, I've been around the block. I've been around. <clears throat> bad teams I've been around, great teams. So just trying to lead, trying to do what, you know, my vets have done for me early in my career. And uh, obviously for Sacramento, getting a new staff and, um, you know, Mike Brown has won championships and he's been, you know, the head coach of the Lakers. He coached Kobe. He's been the head coach of the, of, of the Cavs with LeBron to Cleveland to the finals. He has a winning pedigree. So it's been a, a reflection to him, man. And, you know, Sacramento hasn't been to the playoffs in a while, so obviously we want to change that this year. And uh, we got the challenge to do it. And Sacramento has kind of been, you know, on the rise the past couple of years. And, uh, you know, just, I'm looking forward to just, uh, you know, continue to grow as a player and as a man, for sure. Now, obviously, you mentioned uh, year eight as a pro, man. And it's wild hearing you say that. I remember back when you was in high school, man, and back back at the bathroom, man. But obviously, you know, your 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 career has, has transitioned you know, a lot. Obviously, from you know when you were a younger guy, you know, playing with a lot of vets. Obviously, LeBron, KD, Stephen, AD, list goes on. And now, you know, you're one of the vets having to kind of usher and mentor since some younger guys. Obviously, Davion Mitchell. Um, Darren Fox, a lot of those guys are, are over there now, man. I mean, just you know, what's your mindset, and you know, how how are you kind of viewing this this shift, right, um, in, in your in your role from you know younger guys to now being one of the elder statesmen in the NBA locker room? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, great question. Um, it's it, it's just different. It's just different. I mean, the last couple of years, I've gone to teams where you know championship or bust kind of mentality, but here it's a new challenge. Um, I think uh, you know with the Western Conference being so loaded. You know, um, it's a great challenge for us every single night. Obviously, there's no nights off in the NBA, but if you look at the Western Conference, man, I mean, there's literally no night off. So to play teams three, four times a year, um, it's going to be tough, but it starts with your habits, right? It starts with, you know, the stuff that you're doing off the court. It starts with your, you know, your, your, the pedigree of the guys you have in the locker room. I mean, you know, Sabonis is all starting to lead. You know, he's won the Indiana. He's been in the playoffs. Um, Harrison Barnes is one of the, you know, uh, NBA championship with the Warriors, you know, started on that team. So, I mean, you got a guy like De'Aaron Fox who could be an all-star in this league. And you got – you just have so many pieces that, you know, I, I think we have a great nucleus to be special. So, for me, it's just like I've been around the block. I've scored 30 points. I've, you know, hit big shots, played big minutes in the finals, playoffs and all that. But, you know, um, I've had battles. I've had respect in this league. So, it's just for me just trying to find that that niche on the team, but hey, if I don't play five, six games, you know, I'll be ready on a seventh game and just keeping guys, you know, holding them accountable. So I'm excited for it, man. And like I said, it goes quick, it goes fast, man. I'm in year eight. I can remember my Demantha days, my Duke days. So um, I just want to appreciate every day, every opportunity, man. And I'm looking forward to it. 
Now, quick, just, wait, before you, before you go, I, I want to have a quick follow-up. Obviously, um, you, you spent some time with Mike Brown and go to state, obviously, when he was an assistant there. And he's obviously now the head coach um, for the Kings. I mean, what, what do you kind of, you know, taking into this chapter, you know, here as both you guys are kind of coming into a new situation and, you know, just with your relationship with him, um, you know, what are you looking forward to kind of um, reuniting with him in, in Sacramento? Yeah, I mean, it's great. Um, it's great. Mike has been my guy. Um, you know, obviously, since I was in Golden State, our two years together was was great. Um, we kept in contact after. Um, and, uh, you know, I finished last year on, on, on the Stockton Kings, um, Sacramento's D-League team, the last 10 games of the season. So I had that rapport with the Kings um, nucleus already, just going up to the games. Alvin Gentry was a coach. He coached me in New Orleans. So, um, you know, when Mike got the job, you know, they invited me, um, said that I was, you know, in a running assignment. and they wanted to see it, you know, how good I looked or how much in shape I was. So I flew out to Vegas um, and, and worked out with the entire team that was out there in the mini camp. And we were just running, you know, kind of the same, you know, stuff, same principles. That Golden State has obviously, you know, Mike implemented his own, you know, things that he believes in, but it was the same feel. And uh, you know, he had he's brought in a lot of guys from Golden State that I have relationships with already. So um it was like a, a, a surreal moment for me. It was a good moment, but um, you know, I'm proud of him. I'm happy for him, and I'm happy, you know, that he's brought me along for the ride. You know, it just shows how much he believes in me. Now, um, I think one thing you mentioned was just uh, just being around the guys. I mean, I saw you you uh, at summer league with the Kings guys, and um, for me, it seems like from the outside looking in, man, you always been a guy that people gravitate towards. Like you always that guy who giving dudes high five on the bench. You know what I'm saying? Like you always that guy who just got a smile on his face. You know what I'm saying? You you seem to be everywhere. Like even this summer, just hanging around the guys on the team and building that rapport. Where you, where would you say that comes from, man? Because I mean, when people talk about Quinn Cook, they say you know how how you're a great teammate. You know, nobody yeah. has anything negative to say about you off of the court. You know what I'm saying? You're always positive and bringing that energy. Um, and I think that's why you've been able to be such a, a valuable asset to winning teams. Because when you have those winning teams, you can't have anybody who's a cancer or worried yeah. about me, this and that. So for you, I mean, just talk about that that side of of your personality. I mean, what 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 makes you that way, and kind of why do you feel like it's important to kind of maintain that at this point in your career? Yeah, great question. I mean, it comes from my mom. You know, my dad was the same way. My sister's the same way. We're just very outgoing people. We're going to speak to everybody. We're going to try to create relationships with, you know, anybody. And that's just how I was brought up. And uh, I've always just been outgoing. I've always been outgoing. And uh, I just love basketball. So, like, it's just something about basketball, something about my teammates that's just always been like a family thing for me. So, uh once I got to the, like, I've never, like, not played. So once I kind of faced adversity in the league, whether it was not playing or being on a non-guaranteed contracts, you know, I kind of found my niche. Like, man, look, like, we know you're good. You know, Quinn, you know you're a good basketball player. But, you know, you can get, you know, instead of you having a five-year NBA career, you can get an extra nine or, I mean, an extra four and be having a nine in your career, just being a good teammate, like, there's so many guys who, who I've came across and just told me just being professional and being a good teammate takes you a long way. And like, for me, like um, I had a second, I had on my second year deal um, with the Lakers, like I had a team option and uh, you know, they declined the team option, but like Bron, like 80 fought for me to come back that year just because you know, I was a good teammate. You know what I'm saying? And they know I could play. Like they know, like, you know, when Rondo, 
you know, sat out a game and, you know, LeBron, you know, sat out a game, they know I can come in and get 20 and, and fill the void, whatever. But, like, we faced, we had no injuries that year. So my asset to the team was being a good teammate, was being a reflection, you know, like I can communicate to Frank Vogel how AD was doing. I can communicate to Rob Plinka how LeBron was doing because I had a rapport with everybody, even in Golden State, like, even though I played a lot in Golden State, like I still, you know, I could talk to Steve, like, hey man, Kevin, like, you know what I'm saying? Just that's kind of always been, I've been a people's person my whole life. So um, it's been a great niche for me. And I appreciate it just because the relationships that I've made, the connection, the bonds have always been genuine. Um, I never try to force a relationship and uh, it's worked out, man. And not just because of my career, it's just, you know, I, I'm friends with like my favorite players growing up, you know what I'm saying? Guys that I've idolized, idolized. I mean, I've been, you know, I've created brotherhoods and bonds with them. So um, it's just something I've always taken pride in, for sure. Now, you mentioned, obviously, just dealing with adversity, right, and just dealing with, um, you know, not playing at times or just always keeping a positive attitude. Um, obviously, the last year or two have, have been filled with adversity for you, obviously, just going overseas and playing in the G League and, you know, being at home and trying to navigate, the, you know, the, the, um, the whole landscape of, you know, working your way back to the NBA, you know, what you have now. I mean, just reflecting on what, what these last, you know, year and some changes has been like for you and just the mindset and, you know, um, just what you were telling yourself to, um, throughout this whole, you know, last year or two. Yeah, I mean, I went from, man, you know, playing 20, 25 minutes in the finals um, of 2019, and, man, I wasn't on a deal in 2021. So, like, it happened fast, right? You know, I'm – the leading score off the bench for Golden State two years, um, this and that, man. When Steph went down, man, I'm averaging 18, 19 as a starter. You know, I get a nice deal. Um, outside of KCP, man, I got the most money coming off the bench for the Lakers. So I'm thinking, you know what I'm saying? But, like, I got hurt in L.A. I was never healthy in L.A. Um, I, I had an opportunity in Cleveland, wasn't healthy. Um, they didn't bring me back. And uh, – Man, I, I had a really, really, really bad stretch. Just, uh, you know, my calf just, you know, uh, my calf wasn't right. So uh, I had this little stand in Portland, didn't work out, wasn't healthy. And then, man, just, I kind of just missed playing. Like, I just missed, like, you know, not being a guy, but, you know, like, my two years in L.A., man, like, I never got an opportunity, you know, besides maybe 20 games out of two seasons. I had 20, 25, 30 games to where I could play. So I kind of just missed playing, man, and, you know, that kind of fueled, like, the overseas. Like, I had some I had some minimum deals. I had some deals where they really wanted me to come in to a locker room and kind of, you know, just be the 14, 15 guy. But at that time, like, I just wanted to play. I wanted to play. I wanted to show the world that I was back healthy. So, uh, you know, I ventured overseas, and obviously the situation didn't end up working out. But, you know, I went back to the G League, and I took – you know, when I got back from Russia, I took about – a month and a half, two months to like really, really get get right. And I got the healthiest that I had been the past three years. And man, I'm 10 games, man, in, in Stockton with the Kings D League team. It was the most fun I had in basketball in a while, man. And just really getting back hooping and having fun. It was it was a great opportunity for me. And I had so much fun, man. And uh sometimes, you know. People's pride might be too big. Like for me, like I've gotten MVP in the D League. I scored 50 in the D League. I done did everything in the D League. But like some people pride won't let you come back in the D League, right? But for me, just I was looking forward to the opportunity. Bobby Jackson was the head coach. Paul Johnson was the GM. 
they gave me a great opportunity. And the guys welcomed me in with open arms, man. I got the hoop. I got to feel good again. And it's propelled me to this point. So I'm happy the road that I took, man, because um, a lot of dark days, but, you know, um, the dark days don't last forever. It's wild how, how, how the, you, you mentioned uh, Paul John. I spoke with him when I was out in Vegas as well. He, he, he's also a DMV guy, also, you yeah. know, uh, played at Gonzaga High School and played at LaSalle as well. And now he's over GM of the, the Stockton Kings. And um, he also do, does some stuff with, with the Sacramento Kings as well, but uh, gr uh, great dude. So small yes, world, man, small world. Yeah, I grew up watching uh, Paul, man. He used to have battles with St. John's against Nolan Smith, Chris Wright, Dante Cunningham. He played with Stanley Hodge at Gonzaga. Man, I grew up watching him. So for all to come full circle, I remember I was a big Lakers fan and Bobby Jackson used to kill us. And like, you know what I'm saying? He was six man of the year, everything. And like, he became my head coach. Like, I'm a basketball, I'm a basketball player, but I'm more of a fan even still to this day. So it's still like, it still gives me chills when I like make connections with guys that I grew up watching. So that's like the best part about the job for me. Sure, for sure. And uh, while we're on the topic, just about kind of the last year or so, man. Um, obviously, me, you know, being overseas this these last two years now, I kind of got a a better feel just of overseas basketball, man. That thing you had with locomotive, uh, you walked into a situation that obviously was was tough for you because you didn't end up finishing the the season there, man. But that roster was loaded. I mean, you had you were you were playing with Eric McCollum, who was the all-time leading scorer in, in Euro Cup. You had Stan Kidd, who was a former NBA player. Jonathan Molly is a former NBA player. Greg Williams was on a two-way with the Nuggets. I mean, you guys had a crazy team. Just talk about what that experience was like. Like, because you mentioned you played, you played in the in the G League, been in the league. That was your first time going abroad. So, number one, like, kind of what went into making that decision to go over there to Russia, and then number two. Just what was that whole experience like? I'm sure it was probably a culture shock going over there for the first time um, and just trying to have to adjust to the roles and things like that. But just talk about what that experience was like for you uh, going to Russia. Uh, I mean, it was it was definitely um, a different experience. Um, like I said, I, I wanted to play. I just wanted to play. I was my biggest thing. Like, I turned down a couple, you know, minimum deals in the NBA knowing I'm not going to play. But just like, man, I want to play. Like, I'm 28 years old. I still got a lot of, you know, game left. I got a lot of miles left. Like, I just wanted to go play. And obviously, I had different situations. I had China. I had a lot. But, I mean, I think Europe is probably the most respected, Um, you know, just outside the NBA and obviously the G League. I think Europe, Europe is probably the most respected, as I was told, you know what I'm saying, as I was advised. But. I just wanted to play, man. The coach was like, man, you're going to play this and that, man. And I got there. It just – I just never got an opportunity for real. But, like, it was cool. Like, we had a lot of Americans. You know what I'm saying? Even the Russians over there was real nice. They was cool. We had a couple guys on the national team. So, um, it was a great experience. But um, I was just chasing the bag for real. Like, I wanted to play, and I just – they gave me a, a unbelievable salary, something like it was way more money that I would have made on the minimum deal with taxes in America. So I really was just chasing the money. But like to my defense, like I didn't know what questions to ask. I didn't know the differences between the leagues. I didn't know know anything. I just saw the, the number on a piece of paper and the coach told me I was gonna play all the minutes. So that's all I really needed to hear. <laughs> so so for me it was it it it, it was eye opening. But it was fun. Like I'm happy I did it, man. It, it was um, I have a different respect for 
you know, guys who go overseas, um, you know, and, and to play this game. And, uh, you know, it was challenging, but um, I learned a lot from it. I was over there two and a half, three weeks, but, you know, I learned a lot for sure. Now, um, I, I, I think you talked a lot about, about your pro career, but I do want to pivot a little bit. Obviously, you are you are Duke Blue Devil. You mentioned uh, won a national championship there, man. And obviously, you played for uh, Coach K there, who recently uh, retired, man. And obviously, um, shook up the basketball world when, when Jeff Goodman, you know, broke that news last season, man. So, you know, when you heard him, first of all, did you know before he was coming out, or like did you find out like everybody else did when the tweet broke? And uh, then, oh, uh, y'all, 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 y'all know. <laughs> Y'all know I knew before, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what you know I knew before, man. What was your reaction when you, when you first found out? Like, you know what I'm saying? What, what, what was going through your head? So, so when I was there, man, I mean, just through the players, like we used to always be like, man, how much time do you think he got? You know what I'm saying? That was just like a question. And when I was a freshman, maybe it was like, maybe he got four years. Uh, when senior, maybe he got another five years. You know what I'm saying? Just It was always, but um, it's not like I wasn't shocked. It's not like I wasn't shocked because obviously he's older. He's been coaching 40, I think he coached 42 years, if I'm not mistaken. I said it's a long time, but, you know, it's just certain coaches or certain figures that you see. It's like life isn't the same if they're not doing, you know what I'm saying? Like when Kobe retired, I think it's kind of like, like what is life without Kobe in the NBA? You know what I'm saying? That's all we, we knew growing up, Coach K. Um, So, I think it was more of that feeling, but, like, just knowing him, knowing his family, like, he's all about family. And uh, seeing him, like, I committed there in 2010. So um, knowing him the past 12 years on the level that I know him, you know, when I seen him after he retired, well, after he announced he retired, he just seemed just more free. And, like, he seemed more free. Obviously, he's going to be the most prepared. He's going to give, you know, Duke – the players, the fans, the everything about Duke, his all. But you can just tell, like, you know, the, the, the end was coming. This past year when I seen him, and then I coached his uh, K Academy, his camp, um, this past summer in June. And, like, obviously not now he's retired, and he's just, like, so free. He's just, you know what I'm saying? He's just let loose. And it's cool to see that because he's so, like, He's so like focused. He's so on point. He's so prepared. He's so like that's what made has made him who he is. But it was just cool just to see a different side of him. And obviously he'll still be, you know, around. He'll still be a part of um not just Duke, but basketball in general. But it's gonna definitely gonna be weird not seeing him because obviously that's all we know. That's all the generation and the generation before us, you know, has known is, is Coach K coaching at Duke. So obviously the best coach ever to me. And uh it's definitely going to be different, but, you know, happy to be a part of, you know, his legacy and happy for John Shire to, you know, um, come right after him. And I got to ask it, man, because, you know, you know, I think it would be remiss if I didn't ask this question, man, because you were, I'm pretty sure you were at that game at Cameron Indoor, that last game when you guys played UNC, man. What was the vibe in the building uh, that last game? And then obviously fast forward to the final four, Duke versus UNC in the final four and, you know, obviously Duke ends up losing, man. What, just as a player, because for me, I'm I'm watching the game on TV, that last game in Cameron, and I'm like, it's no possible way that these dudes is going to lose Coach K's last game in Cameron. Like, it's, I, I couldn't wrap my mind around that even being a possibility, especially with all the players and the stand and everything like that. For you, 
know, first part I say, what was that just environment like, man, in Cameron that 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 last yeah. game, and then two, when you when you see how it all ends, just like with the two losses to UNC, like, how do you think just the the I don't know. What are your thoughts on that, man? Because I feel like UNC, man, they probably thought they got bragging rights forever at this yeah. point. Because yeah. as, as a Dukey, man, we got to get your, your perspective. Yeah. Nah. Um, well, first, just being there, um, it's crazy. Like, um, I had just got to, to Sacramento, and uh, I just played my first game um, um, in the G League. And uh, we had a game. We had a game that Sunday. Um, and the game, the Coach K game was on Saturday. So, obviously, I had made arrangements, you know, to go to the game already, but I didn't think that I was going to go to the G League and what have you. know what I'm saying? So, it was crazy. So, right. I was stuck, like, do I go, blah, blah, blah. So, I talked to Bobby Jackson. He's like, man, you better go. Like, I don't care if you're playing this game. Like, that Coach K, that, that's forever. You know what I'm saying? We don't care. Like, even to this day, I don't even remember who the starting team. I don't even remember we played that day. You know what I'm saying? But to this point, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? He was a player. He's like, man, you better go to that. Like, you know what I'm saying? And you're one, one of the most respected guys there. Like, you got to go. So, um, to be in town and, and and to be there on that game, it was crazy because, like, you had guys who played there in the 70s. You had guys who played there in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s. Um, the recent guys, 2020, 2020. You know what I'm saying? So, that was dope. And uh, like we all, like, you know, like, I know we have that you know, the, the saying of brotherhood, but, like, it's really a brotherhood. Like, you know, like, I know, like, I can talk to Grant Hill, you know, like, I can call Grant Hill right now. Like, I can call Jay Williams right now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, we have real relationships. And sometimes, like, y'all know, like, when y'all go to college, like, those guys that you was with those four years and maybe the guys a little bit after or a little bit before, you're going to have a relationship with. But you might not have a relationship with a guy if you played in 2015, you might not have a relationship with a guy who played in 05 or 03, 02. It's just realistic. Like, even in high school, like the math, like, I don't I don't have, really have relationships with certain guys who played in 2001, you know what I'm saying? Like, I might know them, but I graduated. Well, I didn't graduate from them, but I was supposed to graduate in 2011. But it was just huh. there at Duke is, like, real. Like, Daniel Ewing, you know, Sean Dockery, um, Leitner, he played ninety and ninety in the like early nineties, ninety one. Um, Johnny Dawkins, eighty nine. Like you feel me? Like Danny Ferry, like Demath and Duke. So like, I'm naming these guys like we have real relationships. So that was the best part just to see all the guys come back. And obviously, the man like you like <laughs> we know like it's Carolina. Like we gotta beat them. Like that's Duke fans only care about. We can go. Two and twenty-five. If we beat Carolina twice, we good. Like to the fans, you know what I'm saying? Hey, we straight. Obviously, we want to beat, but like it was a lot going on. Like to 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 like the teams this year's defense. Like like we kick we 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 killed Carolina there. You know what I'm saying? And Carolina had been struggling up to that point, man. And, and it was a lot that game, man. It was a lot. It was a lot. But to Carolina's, you know, credit, they came out and they hooped like. They struggled in the first half. We was up in the first half, and they came out, punches in the mouth in the second half, and they finished it. And that kind of propelled them, that springboarded them to that run. But uh, obviously, man, we see them in the final four. I'm like, all right, cool, it's destiny. Y'all, y'all got us Coach K's last game in camera, but we about to get y'all in the four. And it's our first time playing against each other, you know, in the tournament. You know what I'm saying? And 
It's like whoever wins this game got bragging rights for a minute. Like only, <laughs> the only way we can really and they want they want the only way we can really top them, we gotta beat them in national championship or like we gotta beat them the same in the final four. We can't beat them in the sixteen, we can't beat them in the elite eight. It's not the final four. So they, they got the little bragging rights right now. They know like Carolina, it was hot for a month. Man, I ain't Carolina ain't touching us. It's not even close. <laughs> Shout out to Michael Jordan. Shout out to Taiwan Lawson. Shout out to the a lot the Vince Carter's up in Carolina. Obviously, Carolina is one of the best, you know, programs ever, not just college, but ever. But they know they know who run the rivalry is Duke, man. So I was sick to my stomach, but you know what I'm saying? They got they got us for right now. But we million dollar question. Million dollar question. Paolo Ben Carroll, Mark Williams, Wendell Moore, Trevor Kills. Are those guys allowed back in Cameron Indoor? Like they lost at Cameron and they lost in the final four. Like, are they allowed uh, back on campus? You're right. You're not. And, and that's like the kind of perspective that's out there. But I mean, like, bro, they went to the four, bro. Like, going to the final, like, we ain't been back to the final four since my senior year. Like, it's right. been a seven year absent. You know what I'm saying? We ain't been there, bro. We've been to two elite eights, I believe. But yeah, we lost with Bagley in the eight, I believe. And then we lost with Zion in the, in the, in the eight. But going to the final four is tough. So, I mean, I think I, I, I do believe, you know, um, just those two losses kind of overshadows you know, what they did this year. But, you know, I, I mean, I think still going to the Final Four is, is a healthy season. Obviously, you know, we want to be Carolina, but it is what it is. We'll, we'll have the last laugh somewhere. I don't know when. It might be 50 years from now. We're going to have the last laugh. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, now, that was great, man. I, I got to pivot a little bit, man, because um, I think, you know, obviously, given your time, uh, like you mentioned, with those two championship teams with the Warriors and the Lakers, man, you you had an opportunity to play with some of the greatest players to ever pick up a basketball, man. And like you mentioned, like, you know, how how you're a fan of basketball. I mean, I feel like me and my brother are two of the biggest fans of basketball, hence why we got this podcast going on while yeah, we playing and doing all this stuff, man. Love the game of basketball, man. And I feel like I, I have to ask, man, just what was that experience like, man, playing with Bron, playing with KD, you know, playing with Steph? Like, those are literally three of the AD as well, like, the best players to ever lace them up, man. And if you had to differentiate in those guys' leadership styles, right? Like, you got – I guess from the outside looking in, you could tell me if I'm wrong, you know. Steph seems like he's more of kind of a laid-back guy, kind of lead by example. You know, KD kind of just will, like, I'm going to stick the basketball, I'm going to get this 30-piece McNugget and go about my day. And LeBron's kind of like that guy who talks and – kind of in the front of everything. But from being in the locker room, man, how would you describe those three guys um, in their leadership, I guess, uh, perspective? And then what do you think makes those three guys great? Just uh, what do you say just from, from from playing with them? Yeah, great question. I mean, I was lucky. I've, I've had relationships with those guys even before I became their teammates. So um, it's a little different for me, um, just going there comfortable because knowing I had the best players on the team, like I had a relationship with them. Um no, it was a little easier for me, but uh, yeah, man. I mean, those guys are the, probably the three of the best guys to ever play the game. Um, you know, I call Steph the best point guard ever. Um, I I love Jordan. Like, you know, if I'm being politically correct, I'll say Jordan's the the best player ever. But I didn't like see Jordan in Chicago. You know, at an age where I really understood basketball, I really un understood the impact. So I mean, the greatest player I ever saw like was was LeBron. Like on a day to day basis, man, I remember watching seeing him in high school and seeing him early in Cleveland and him taking that 0-17 to the chip. Like 
I seen him go to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I seen it. And like I said, I've been lucky having a relationship with him. Um, and then KD, like, he's the best player that I've ever seen, like, in my life, like, from where we're from. But, you know, I've seen it my whole life. Like, I've, he's been, you know, my best friend since I was six years old. Like, so I'm um, just seeing his growth, seeing where he is. Like, I've seen everything of Kevin Durant. So I'm a little biased. So, like, those three guys are in my top five all the time. It's just, <laughs> yeah, I might say I'm biased, but I really believe that. But like, so I I say that to say like, I've had relationships with them, but like, they're different. They they're the hardest working guys in the room. Um, you know, they're rock stars, they're mega stars, they're superstars. Um, but you know, just how humble they are is very, very, very impressive. Is 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 something that sticks with people. Um, you know, they understand their impact. Um, with people and they understand the impact in the world. So they do so much for the community, do so much for people, they do so much for their team. Um, they have different leadership skills. The LeBron's like, he's outgoing, he's going to talk to everybody. Um, Kate, you know, once he gets comfortable with you, he's 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 outgoing, he's funny, but he's more reserved. He's more like a, you know, I, I'm going to lead by my actions more than my voice. Um, Steph is more like, kind of like saying, like, he's going to lead more, you know, he's going to talk, Obviously, he's a point guard. He's the best player. He's, he's going to, you know, speak, but he's more of a lead with his actions. But Brown is more like, I'm a lead with my voice and also my actions. But those guys are the first in the gym. They're the last to leave. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're the best, man. And it's just to be around that type of greatness, those type of people, you can only get better, elevate you, not just your game, but your life. So I've been lucky, man. I've been lucky to play with, you know, my three favorite players ever. Now, you, you played with those three guys, but you also played with Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, man. And I know you you had to have some crazy Draymond stories in there, man. I mean, listen, before we get you on this podcast, I, I need one Draymond story. One you haven't told, man, you know what I'm saying? We, we, we need one, one that you could tell on the air. Yeah, literally. And that's crazy. I was just talking to uh, Dede on the way back, uh, on the way I was out in, um, coming back here to do this. I was just talking to him like, man, man. Day day, we talk every other day. Um, I love Clay to death. Me and Clay had a, a great rapport, man. I remember when I first got to Golden State. Um, I had my career high up to that point against against Golden State, man. And Clay was like the first to remind me, man. And he used to always be like, when I didn't shoot, or when I would be like not as aggressive, he'd be like, man, he was aggressive when I was guard. You know what I'm saying? He used to, but like that was confidence for me. And uh, I never forget, man, with Clay. Um, when I first got to Golden State, I was shooting with Andre Iguodala. I was shooting with Sean after practice every day. And, uh, you know, Steph was out for a little bit early. And, uh, you know, I had some big games. I showed my shooting ability. So I remember when Steph, Steph's first day back at practice, you know, Steph and Clay used to shoot with each other um, every single day after practice. So we break. Steph and Clay's going over to their basket, and I'm going over where me and Andre and Sean and uh, D. West used to shoot. I'm walking over there, Clay and Steph's like, nah, you coming with us. Like, nah, you shoot, come on. And that's like solidified me. I'm like, oh, bad. Like, if anything, I can shoot. <laughs> I can shoot. You know what I'm saying? For the next two years, like, I shot with Clay and Steph every day. But like, that was me and Clay's relationship, like, super, super tight. But uh, Draymond, man, I just think uh, – I think uh, the best Draymond story was just, like, he's like – he was just like that. Like, you know, you get bullied. You know what I'm saying? Like, you might get beat at the blacktop. Say, 
you know, you might lose a couple games on the blacktop, right? And like, all right, I'm going to come back with my big brother. You know what I'm saying? And it's going to be different. And I remember we was playing Houston. I remember we was playing Houston. And we got down 3-2. And it's, and, and, and it's the story is special to me because um, it's 2-2, it's, it's game five in Houston. And I'm in the game. It's like a minute left. I'm in the game. And we get a stop. I'm guarding Chris Paul. We get a stop. And uh, we get the rebound, however, Draymond pushes it. And it's like Clay, Steph, KD, Draymond, and me in the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm I'm the, I'm the fifth guy on the court, but I'm really like the seventh option for real. You feel me? Like, there's no way I need to be touching the ball. It's a minute left, you know, to go up 3-2. And Draymond, like, threw me the ball, right? Were you on the right wing? I was on the right wing. I remember that. I, I remember that. He hit me, and I missed the shot. I missed it. They come down. Um, they don't score. We get another one. Draymond turns the ball over, and we end up losing the game. And obviously, they killing me on Twitter. They killing me this and that. And uh, after the game, Draymond came up to me. and was like, bro, like, I'll pass you that rock 100 times out of 100 times. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, um, he stood up for me, like, you know, in the press. And uh, – said something on Instagram and it was like really like you know what I'm saying like me and him have always been tight but he really like not just trying to save me but he like really believed like bro like like you like you really can hit that shot like you was on the court for a reason like I passed you the ball for a reason and um so that meant a lot to me but the next year you know what I'm saying against against uh Toronto I had three threes in a row in the finals, game two. I was about to say, it came full that's, circle. Cause that's the that picture that was hard when you fell on the sideline, and I think oh, Drake was right there. Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Same so spot. Same spot. So after the game, I'm walking up the court, and Draymond, like, comes, grabs me, like, and he whispers in my ear, like, I told you I believe in you. So I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, you know what I'm talking about? I'm like, feeling myself a little bit. I'm like, yeah, of course. <laughs> He's like, nah, like, remember, like, they ain't want they ain't want us to pass you the ball there last year, but like, we believe in you. And like I start, I start like tearing up, bro. I'm like, bro, like just little little stuff like that. And it's not social media. It's not obviously it comes from like your belief in yourself, your work, but like he kind of instilled that in me, like, bro, these these dudes, and they're the best, like Golden State's the best to me. They're the best franchise. They up there with Bulls. And and they them just winning the championship this year solidifies like they up there with the Bulls. The Lakers, the, the the 80s Lakers, the Spurs, like Golden State's one of the greatest franchises ever. And for those guys to believe in me, like meant the world to me. So um that's my favorite Draymond Green story. Um just a personal story for me. Not crazy, just something that means a lot to me. That's a great story. That's a great story, man. Um I also gotta ask, man, like, cause it's crazy how everything comes full circle, man. And uh, one of the other full circle moments, I noticed that you mentioned it on the podcast, you grew up a big-time Lakers fan. You got that picture on your Instagram where you wearing a Lakers jersey uh, when you were young and everything like that. Take me back to that 2020 season. Obviously, uh, Kobe passes away midseason. And yeah. you guys ended up winning, winning the title that year in the bubble. You know, for you, number one, growing up as a Lakers fan. Number two, being in L.A., the season that, the greatest tragedy in the yeah. franchise history took place. Um, and then being able to kind of cap that off for the championship. Uh, what was that year like, man? What was that just that season like? 
who was it posting the locker room, man? Because I can imagine it's probably like, yo, when it happened, I felt like it was probably like, yo, man, we we, we got to win the championship. Like, there's no other option than for us to win, you know, when you guys ended up seeing that through. But um, what was that time period like, man, when you guys heard the news in, in the locker room? And I know I just the Lakers organization, I mean, it was just I'm, – I'm sure it was, it was crazy. But I kind of want to give you the floor to kind of uh, speak on that on that uh, time period. Yeah, I mean, Lakers was a dream come true for me. I'm in here with my best friend right now, and he'll tell you, like, me and him was the biggest Lakers fans ever. Um, leaving Golden State, um, I had, you know, some 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 teams with, you know, offered me more money, um, teams who promised me more opportunity. But, like, like anybody who knows me growing up, like, I was, you know, Kobe everything. I was Laker everything. Well, me and my pops was, you know, Laker fans. So, um, I felt like I had to do that. Like, I had to, like, you know, play for the Lakers. Um, it was a golden opportunity. LeBron, Brown called me. AD called me. Um, Rob called me. Um, and it was just something that I wanted to do. I was fresh off two, you know, finals appearances, one championship, one, you know, finals loss. But, like, it was kind of like I saw what they was doing in L.A. Uh, it made sense. And, they, you know, they, they, they took care of me. So, um made sense, man. I wish I would have played more, obviously, but it was great to be in that locker room. It was definitely the, the closest team that I've ever been on. Um, it, it was just something that's so surreal. Um, speaking about Kobe, it's crazy because we were celebrating Kobe like that whole week because Braun, you know, was was about to pass him So um, in scoring. So, um, obviously, you know, all the Kobe stuff was coming up and you know, not comparing LeBron to Kobe, but just celebrating the both of them. Um, and uh, we were in Philly. We was on a, we was on a long um, East Coast um, road trip. We was in Philly, placed Philly Saturday night, and uh, LeBron got it um, in, you know, Kobe's hometown. And uh, I'll never forget, he talked to Kobe that night. Um, I remember that morning. You know, me and LeBron were all, me, LeBron, and Delhi would be the first ones on the bus every every city. Like, we'll get breakfast or, you know, get something, do something early in the morning just so where we all together. I remember AD had an interview early that morning, so he couldn't come, but it was just all to be us for. And so me, Duds, and Brown, we were on a bus, and Brown was talking to Kobe like that morning um, before we got to, you know, going to the airport to fly back to L.A. So I just remember we got on a flight leaving Philly and a five-hour flight, four-hour flight, whatever it was. And, you know, we all sleep. Um, guys went out that night or whatever, so we all in there sleep. Now I just remember Frank Vogel like waking me up, like, man, Quinn, wake up, like, you know, Kobe passed him, and his daughter died. I'm like, what? Like, you feel me? Like, we ain't, and Demarcus Cousins is sitting next to me, so I'm like, what are you talking about? And he tells Demarcus. So I look up and I see Dwight Howard just like bawling in tears. I'm like, and let's go. So you know, we got Wi-Fi and stuff on our planes. Um, so I'm looking. I'm like, what the f- like, are they serious? And it's everywhere. So we ain't thinking nothing of it. But like, it was a little surreal for us, is because like you look everywhere on the plane. Like guys have real relationships with them. Like you go on the back. Rob Palenka, who's our GM, was his agent. You know, Judy Seto, who's our head trainer, was you know his go-to guy for the past you know 20 years. Rob Lowry was you know his best friend and personal security. You know, J.K. was his point guard. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it was just so much close to home, man. So it just ain't, didn't seem surreal. Um, we landed and you see the news people there. 
Um, they canceled our next game against the Clippers on that Tuesday. Um, it was crazy, but like, you know, we knew Kobe wouldn't want nothing else but us, but for us to win. And, and and not not even if we didn't win, just just try to go as hard as possible. And then two months later, we had COVID. We were like, damn, is the season going to end? Like, what is going on? But right. you know, we got it back together. Um, we got to the bubble and we got it done for him. But uh. That was crazy, 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 crazy. Probably the craziest season in Laker history. But capped off with a championship, man. That's something that they can never take from us, for sure. Now, obviously, there's a lot of moments, a lot of stories. You know, when you look at, you know, one memory, you got to say that there's this one that sticks, that sticks out, whether it's from your time in L.A., your time in Golden State, your time at Duke, or whatever it may be. I mean, um, what's the one memory that you say, all right, like, this is one I'm never going to forget, you know, um, Till the day I die. Um, I think it was that run that me and Katie had. Well, I ain't gonna say Katie because Katie does it every year. He's been doing it. <laughs> Let me not try fake like you feel me. Like, but uh, I just say Lord, the 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 maybe what it was twenty game run that I had with Golden State, just kind of like, you know, showing like the world that I'm for real. Like I'm not just a, you know, guy that, you know. Uh, a role, you know what I'm saying? Like, whatever, yeah, y'all need me to score 30, I can score 30. You need me to get a double-double, I can get a double-double. Um, that was fun. Like, it was fun, like, to really, like, hoop, like, getting buckets and really, like. But the best part was when Steph came back and I still was in the mix. You know what I'm saying? I was coming off for him and, you know, in there with him in the trenches and really, like, like playing 18 minutes, scoring 12. And, you know, that was the best part, like. Obviously, you know, me scoring a lot of points was cool, but, like, Steph wasn't playing. So, you know, I still had that in the back of my mind. But when Steph got there, like, and I still was in a rotation, I still was, you know, in the trenches when it got unchy, like, I still was hooping. You know what I'm saying? That, that was great. And then the next year, like, it didn't drop off. Like, you know, I was the backup point guard, like, from the rip. You know what I'm saying? And I led the um, Golden State and scoring off the bench. You know what I'm saying? So, that was that was my favorite moment. It's been my favorite moment um, of my basketball career for sure. Oh, man, now it's two a.m., so I'm not gonna, gonna come keep you for much longer, man. Um, but I do want to give you opportunity to kind of talk about some off the court stuff, man. Because um, I, I read on your uh, on your Instagram story, word for word, the other day, man. You said uh, we just signed the biggest deal of my career off the court thus far. And you were talking about a deal you had uh, with uh, Jack McClinton. I don't know if you can speak on it now, if it's too in the works, but uh, I, I want to give you opportunity to, to kind of speak on that, man. And also, a couple of years back in 2020, you released a children's book, you know, called called The Cookbook. And I just kind of wanted to ask you about that, man. Like, for one, you know, what made you want to become an author? And then number two, why why children's book? You know what I'm saying? Why did you feel like that was the right that you wanted to go? So kind of a two-part question with the – Zach McClendon business and then the, the the children's book, but I kind of want to give you a chance to kind of talk about that aspect of your, of your life off the court. Yeah, it's crazy that you put two and two together. I mean, that was what I was referring to. Um, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we just sold our book um, to a company and it's coming out soon, but uh, signed the NDA, so I can't speak on it um, until they release Congrats it. But, Congrats nah, on the deal. Congrats on the deal. But man, yeah. Uh, my mom bought me a, a children's book growing up called Saw My Shoes. Uh, it was about Michael Jordan, about him getting taller. Um, changed my life. You know what I'm saying? I still, like, I would read it to this day. I ain't going to say it in line, so I still read it. But um, it's a book that I will always go back to growing up. 
and my mom was an author as well. My mom, you know, she published two um, books uh, herself. So um, she was like, you know, she used to walk around the crib like, man, I'm an author. Like, I'm tripping. Like, you know what I'm saying? I got, you know what I'm saying? I used to always <laughs> love that. Like, okay, shorty, like, you feel me? Like, I love that. But, uh, man, like, just, you know, I'm all about the community. I'm all about giving back. And uh, it was just something different that Jack brought to the table. Um, he had a vision, and uh, we brought it to life. We had a lot of help. Um, but us two, you know, COVID kind of slowed us down. We didn't know the bubble kind of, you know, we thought it was going to be on pause. But us writing it together and us, um, you know, getting the illustrations and going through this, and, you know, we had this obstacle and that obstacle, um, it never stopped. And, uh, you know, we met the right people along the way. Um, and we put it together and we just sold it. Um, and uh, I've had a lot of stuff. I got a lot of stuff that I, I'm working on. But to this date, um, it's going to be the biggest deal that I've signed to this date. Hopefully, you know, God will not get way, way, way more, way bigger. But um, we went to New York and we signed a deal. And uh, something that I, I never thought could be possible. But, like, for me growing up, I know what that book saw, saw um, in my shoes did for me. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, maybe if it's not a million kids, maybe if it's not, you know, a thousand kids, maybe if it's 50 kids, if we could change 50 kids' lives, if we could, you know, motivate 20 kids, you know, that the goal has been accomplished. So, um, man, man, I've just been trying to venture off and not trying to wait till basketball's over to start thinking about, you know, my next move. I want to have a lot of hustles, a lot of, you know, um, um lucrative income. So, um, and it just keep it keeps my mind free, man. Like, like I used to just think about basketball. Day I used to, you know, base my life and my happiness on basketball. But now since I've, you know, been in business, you know, for two three years, heavy, you know, my basketball is it, just free. You know, I, I feel better just because it's really my therapy now. So it's not my all, end all be all. So, uh, man, yeah, thanks for asking about that. It, it, it's something something that I take a lot of pride in. So for sure. Oh. No doubt. Quinn Cook, the author, man. That's, that's all right, man. Yeah, that's, that's, all, that's, all, that's all right right there. <laughs> now, now but before we get you off here, man, we asked Mike Jones. We asked James Robinson the other day, man. Obviously, you, I feel like you know what's coming up, man. There's been a lot of great teams that come through DeMatha, you know what I'm saying, o -o over the last 50, 100 years, you know what I'm saying, whatever. Well, well, I don't even know how, how far you want to go back, but obviously, you played on some great teams there with Josh Selby, Najee Hibbert, and also with Vic and Jeremy and Jeremy Grant, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and obviously, we had the team with with um, Nigel and Austin Freeman and Jeff, Jeff Allen, all them boys. And you can go way back in history. I know you, you, you're probably more of a historian uh, than I am, but you know what I'm saying? Who had the best to map the team, man? And and, uh, and also, after you answer that, you also played at Oak Hill your last year. Yeah. I don't even know who's on, that, who's on that roster, but I know y'all definitely probably had some pros on that one. So could that team at Oak Hill be the best of the team you played on? Oh, well, first, you know, I got to get a lot of, you know, Keith Bogans and Joe Forte. And I think it was 98. I think, you know, um, if you ask somebody who who's seen, who seen, you know, that team and you know, the teams that I played on, you know, that team always comes up. Um, so, you know, you got to give respect to them. Um, you got to give respect to 06, you know, Nigel, Austin Freeman, Jeff. Um, you know, that team, Jeff Peterson, Jare, uh, that team won national championship. So, I mean, those two teams really come to mind. Obviously, you had Travis Garrison, you know, who graduated in 02. Um, you know, you had Morgans, like early teams, you know, a team that beat 
Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I mean, like Adrian Danley played, you know what I'm saying? I don't know, you know, their records and stuff, Danny Ferry. So, you know, I'm going to always be respectful. <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> my 9 10 team, man, they know what's up with us, man. You know, I don't, <laughs> don't got You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't, Who's on that roster? If that you, was you, Vic, uh, Jerry, and uh, on them, right? Yeah, yeah, so me, Vic, Jern, Jeremy. Well, oh, now we had uh, me, Vic, Jern, um, Josh Shelby, the number one player in the class, Najee. Um, James was a freshman. We had Mikael Hopkins. Um, we was loaded. Like, we was loaded. And then that next year, like, when me and Vic was first team all met, Jern was second team. Mumu was on the team now. He's a sophomore. Um, I think that was the best team that I played on the math, like, um, we had some bad losses, but, like, if we lined it up, like, if we lined it up, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't really want to get into the records or what happened. Like, but if we lined it up and me and Keith had this, me and Bogues had this argument last week at the least 24, like, I'm always get my respects. But, man, they know what's up with us. Like, they know. <laughs> they know what's up with us. Now, I, was, I tell Austin all the time, like, man, look, y'all the OGs, like, now, I used to try to walk like Austin. Like, I used to try to dribble like Nigel. I used to try to do everything like Chris Wright. And I used to, like, walk and run like Austin. Like, But they know what's up with us, man. I don't really. We got, <laughs> yeah, we got. You know, I was player of the year that year, first junior, like 30 years. Um, All met. We got a two-time, you know, all-star on there. We got first round. We got two first-round draft picks. We got Jeremy Grant, Max, a Max player. Um, you know, one of the best big men in Europe right now, Mikael Hawkins. Um, most winningest player in Demathe history, James Robinson. I mean, just I don't know, bro. I, 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 I like our chance. I like our chance. And when I got the Oak Hill, it was me, Ben McLemore, Agent Hammers, Jordan Adams. We had five NBA guys make the league. But it's just a little different at Oak Hill. Like, you know, you meet guys in September and you got to make it work. You know what I'm saying? Like, Demathe, like, we all grew up together. Like me, me, Jeremy, and Jern have been teammates since we were seven. You know, me and Vic met in the fifth grade and played every game together after that. So, um, the math the probably would have won just because we had more stain. You know what I'm saying? But okay, we was nice. We lost the national championship and, and triple overtime. Like we could have won nationals, national championship in my OKO tier. So. That was fun. I I I I don't know what have won that game. Maybe the math if I was a bad man, but. I don't know, but to answer your first question, all the math teams respect all the great teams, but they know so with us. They know, they know so. Yeah. Yeah, man, um, man, man, I, I said, man, I, I could keep you on here all night, man, but you know, I, I, I'll let you go, man. For y'all listening to this, man, it's, it's two sixteen in the morning East Coast time, man. We got Quentin Cook on on a podcast, man. So from the bottom of my heart, bro, I really just want to say thank you for coming on, bro, because you didn't have to do this. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, it's two a.m. right now. You could be asleep, bro, and. Um, I know there's a lot of people, man, from our own hometown. I've heard you speak on this on live. So I want to say while we got you on the platform, man, everybody we talking about this and that, man. But I want to give you your flowers while you right here. You know what I'm saying? From somebody who's 26. I looked up to you when I was in high school. You know what I'm saying? And uh, you, without a doubt, one of the best to come from our area, bro. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it's it's an honor to have you on this platform. You know what I'm saying? Just seeing where you've been able to take your career, bro. And uh from the bottom of my heart, man, I just want to say thank you for coming on with you, with us, with us. Um, and like I said, I know you're going to accomplish many more great things you know, down the line in your NBA career, basketball career, off the court career. Like I said, you got the book now, man. So 
Um, I just want to say thank you to you, man. And like I said, man, I just want to give you your flowers while we're on here right now, man. No matter all, what the noise, man, you know, you one of them ones for sure. And, and you, you you showed it this summer, man. You know what I'm saying? You got it spicy in the Brunson that game out for you. We seen the footage, you know what I'm saying? So sure. definitely got to give you your flowers for sure, man. I wanted to say that to you, um, you know, while, while we're on air. No, I appreciate it. Thank, thanks for the love, man. Y'all always positive. Y'all always, you know, showing love, man. I appreciate y'all having this platform. Um, I appreciate y'all putting a spotlight on where we from. Um, you know, where we from, basketball is everything. And y'all not just highlighting, you know, the NBA guys. Y'all not just highlighting the, the guys that's known. Y'all giving everybody a platform. Um, a lot of people might not know who James Robinson is. A lot of people might not know who Eric Green is. You know what I'm saying? You guys are giving them a platform. And uh, I appreciate that, man. My whole point of, of, you know, moving back home, my whole point of, you know, doing the spicy stuff, I wanted to, you know, put a light on, you know, our area and, and, and the tradition. And it's not just D.C. It's not just P.G. County, V.A., Montgomery County. And we're all one. When we go to Philly, you know, we go together. When we go to New York, we going together. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I appreciate what y'all doing. Um, you know, it's y'all in Japan. You about to go to L.A. You know, congrats to you on, on your job as well. And we all fighting. We all fighting the same fight. But we got to understand, like, um, what we're doing is rare, you know what I'm saying? What we're doing, um, not, not a lot of guys our age are doing this, you know what I'm saying? Y'all, we changing the world. So, you know, y'all keep doing what y'all doing. Y'all got to get y'all flowers too, you know what I'm saying? So I appreciate the love, man. You know, we're going to keep building and keep going for sure. All righty, guys. That was Quinn Cook, man. And uh, I mean, Ace, that was a special, special episode, man. I mean, I think that, that interview with Quinn was probably – one of the best interviews that we've done, man, just based on the stories that he told, uh, based on the energy we had on the podcast. I mean, that was definitely amazing. And that's one that, even though I just did the interview, like I'm going to probably go back and listen to it again uh, and just just to, uh, just to for pure enjoyment's sake, man, because I truly enjoyed that conversation, man. Definitely, you know, shout out to Quinn, obviously, uh, for making time for us, you know, on, on the podcast, man. And uh, I think, obviously, I'm, I'm going to be excited to see how, he, how, how everything pans out with the Kings, obviously, with, with, with training camp getting started now and, uh, you know, preseason on the horizon, man. It's definitely going to be fun just to see uh, how that plays out in Sacramento with Mike Brown and obviously the, the the old Warriors connection going on over there, man. So, yeah, man, that was that was amazing. That was absolutely amazing. Nah, it was it was, it was honestly one of our best interviews we've ever did, man. I, I don't say it lightly, lightly because we've had some outstanding guests, man, but um, that dude, man, has, has – it's crazy to think about the team that he's played on, man. Obviously, it was Warriors team with Steph Clay and Draymond and Lakers teams with Bron and AD. And, I mean, the, the national championship teams, I mean, playing for Coach K, winning the national title there at Duke, man. I mean, he's literally done it all, man. And, obviously, teams playing on at DeMatha with Vic Oladipo and Jeremy Grant, Jerry and Grant. And, I mean, it, it literally, literally the list goes on and on and on, man. That dude is literally a winner at every level, man. And um, we, we, we were definitely super grateful to have him on. So, just want to say thank you again to Quinn for coming on, man. Wishing the best of luck uh, with Sacramento, man. And obviously um, with, with, with his children's book that, that he came out with, man. I mean, that's, that's super cool that he's also doing stuff off the court, um, you know, for the community, man. So, um, yeah, man, I hope you guys enjoyed the interview, man, because that, that was that was definitely one of our best we've, we've ever done for sure. All right, folks, for real this time, man, this is this is uh, definitely might be, you know, the last time we see Ace on the podcast for a little while, man. So, <laughs> Ace, man, you know what I'm saying? En enjoy Vegas. Uh, enjoy training camp, man. Best of luck with your season with the Clippers. You know what I'm saying? I know it's going to be uh, 
super fun. Looking forward to, like I said, watching you guys this season and uh, falling along the dream, man. But, uh, folks, like I said before, man, this has been the first episode of the What's In Your Bag podcast with Andrew Robinson. Make sure you guys are liking this podcast, subscribing to this podcast. We're going to have many more interviews and many more guests like the ones you just heard today. So make sure you guys turn on your post notifications and tell a friend and tell a friend, man, because this is just the beginning, man. But we'll catch you guys next time on the next episode of What's In Your Bag. Till next time, folks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.